Lost. Voice. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Lost Boys Podcast, episode 28. Today, I got my brother Matthew Thompson with me, and we're going to be talking about street evangelism and how to grow spiritually. What direction do we go in when we grow spiritually? That's the question. We love you guys, and we hope you enjoy. Let's get it. I'm going to mess up on my own head first. <laughs> It's up on my own head. Yeah, so I'm a hat person now. Is that the hat um, that I gave you? This is the hat that you gave me, bro. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. Conviction. Conviction. I believe in using the gifts that are given. So maybe we should talk a little bit about how we know each other for the sake of uh, those listening. Mm. So obviously we grew up together, went to the same church, the good old G Hall, Newton Christian mm. Assembly. Mm. Mm. And uh, what was your impression of me growing up? And then I'll, I'll share my impression of you growing up. Justin Bieber. <laughs> Justin Bieber, a but idiot. a gospel, a gospel hall. Justin Bieber, you were the guy that was like in the front row at Sunday school, doing all of the actions for all of the songs. Oh my gosh! And I would join in and sing along. You actually made the songs sound like they were fun to sing along to. Oh, so you made them enjoyable. That was my impression of you growing up. And further to that, nowadays, because you're so musical, you actually make the hymns like at sessions sound like they're good. Oh, you know, for me, I'm per- I don't know how people feel about Christian music. I personally find it's hard to find good Christian music. Right. Um, but you make it sound good, bro. That's my impression of you. Thanks, dude. That's yeah, very dude. sweet. Wow. Well, that's way too nice. Um, so I'm going to have to change my answer. Uh, <laughs> I'm just Lost kidding. Boys. <laughs> podcast. Emma, Emma, Emma. <laughs> dude, you've always been very philosophical, man. You've always been very sincere, very philosophical, very focused. Every person mm. that you listen to, you mm. listen to them as if you're looking at a, as if you're looking at a, as if you just went to the keg and you're looking at a steak, you know, and you're about to sink your knife into it and your fork into it and you get, put some little garlic butter on it. Every conversation to you is like, <laughs> is like a medium rare steak from the keg. <laughs> it's sizzling. Sizzling, it's roasting. every conversation to you is like is like a lion looking at a a a, a, a small gazelle <laughs> prancing <laughs> prancing lightly through the fields and you're like oh I'm gonna kill this conversation I'm just gonna devour this conversation you've always been like that bro you're a great I, listener a great friend bro I want people to leave a conversation and to feel satisfied like they've just had a 12 ounce medium rare steak from the keg wow I want them to go home and chew on it a little bit. I want them to taste and see that the Lord is good. I want them to taste. This is a great metaphor. <laughs> this is a good transition. Okay, this so it's really good. So really you good. you've done a lot of street work. So sharing mm. the gospel on the streets. Tell us about that. What got you into that? Why do you have that conviction? You're probably one of the people that shares the gospel in their day to day life more than anyone that I know. I don't mean to make your head big there. You've already got a good-sized head. <laughs> Very good size. You fit the headphones well. But you share the gospel a lot. Mm, mm. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go to Walmart. We'll go to Starbucks. We'll go to McDonald's. And I see you talking to people and leaving little pieces of paper on their, wind, on their windshield or whatever. Like, you're just always sharing. What gave you that conviction? How did that get started? 
Yeah, bro. Um, so the thing that got it started was actually a book called One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven by Mark Cahill. Okay. Okay. So this book was given to me by our mutual friend, Ray Hanna. Raymond. He's the guy who baptized me. And uh, he actually had this a lot later in life. So he was about 50 years old when he started doing full-time ministry. Right. And the one thing that flipped the switch for Ray Hanna was, oh my goodness, I have not been sharing the gospel and I'm 50 years old. Why have I not been sharing the gospel more? Wow. What are the things that are holding me back from sharing the gospel? And, and for him, one of the things he found was just the fear of initially starting the conversation. And that's one of the things that this book does a really good job of is describing different scenarios, real world examples of how to share the gospel. And just even starting the conversation, you won't always get to a point where people are making a decision for Jesus. Right. Um, but you are able to start a conversation where it might potentially lead to that. And you're able to leave a little bit of a seed. You're able to plant a little bit of a seed. Okay, so for me, what started this lifestyle, you might call it uh, lifestyle Christianity. Yeah, because it is a lifestyle for you, bro, because you do it all day, every day. Dude, it gives me so much joy. Even if I'm not leading people to Jesus in that moment, just knowing that I can be of service in planting a seed, I'll know I'm doing my part. Mm. And then it's actually going to enhance my prayer life because mm. I'm going to be praying for that person like day in and day out that that seed actually matures yeah. into some sort of a fruit. It yields some sort of fruit. Um, okay, so the thing that changed my mindset isn't, oh man, I have to go share the gospel. It's I get to, I get to. Do you see that light switch just flicking on there? It's a privilege to actually go and talk about the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. That, that first part of Matthew 28, go, a lot of us don't take that to heart. We just stay. Okay, so yeah, we, we hear go. We just like invite or send a link. Yeah, Here's a Zoom link. For yeah, you post on Instagram. Yeah. Done, I've done my duty. It's like, sure. it's like no, um, actually outside of the four walls of your church, there are people dying. And they're going to a lost eternity. And that's a good transition to the name of this podcast, Lost Boys. Mm. There are so many lost boys in this world, not just lost boys, but lost souls yeah. that need a savior. And that transition, that perspective change for me is what flicked the light switch on to just go and start those conversations. And uh, it's actually changed every other aspect, bro of mm. my Christian experience. Mm. And maybe we can talk about that a little bit later. How do you talk about hell? Oh man, hell is a tough topic to describe. I mean, so Austin, I think we've had at the Bible study different discussions about hell. Um, but like one of the things that we often will use to describe hell is that it is a free choice that somebody chooses. If somebody denies or rejects the love of God, then what they do is they actually choose for themselves an eternity without God. Mm. God, as the gentleman, does not force himself upon people, um, but he lets people freely choose him in response to his love. And so that's the way I always try to frame it, is that it's actually God allowing that person to have their sovereignty. If they will, if they will not let God reign in their lives, then God will actually let them reign in hell. Right, it's like the C.S. Lewis thing, right? Instead of thy will be done, it's my will be done. Exactly. Or whatever, right? Like, uh, yeah. So God is basically letting them choose what they want. Yes. You don't want me? Fine. Here's, here's existence without me. Here's what that feels like. Okay, yeah, but to push that a little bit further too, it's also a question about justice. And this is where I start getting a little bit analytical with my philosophical brain, sure, as you're sure, saying. Sure. I start asking the question, like, do you believe crimes should be punished? 
Yes. Okay, I do too. Um, do you believe that crimes in this life that are not punished will ultimately go unpunished? Mm. Yes. Well, it's like, well, I don't believe that. I come from a culture where we always rejoice in the fact that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. We know that God is not going to leave any stone unturned. Dude. When he starts judging the world, he is going to start with one sin, but he's going to continue until all sin is judged yes, forever bro. and for all time. All and, judgment. And isn't that glorious? That is glorious, bro. Can I, can I share something with you? Yes, I, I, something I was thinking about this week. I, I'm not an angry person, mm. but there's one thing that makes me angry, and it's injustice. Me too. And aren't we all like that? Is, isn't mm. there nothing more infuriating? I was listening to a podcast with Jordan Peterson, and he's talking with this man who he went through the family court system. He had everything stripped from him, his kids, his uh, marriage, his mm. money, his mm. house, his business, mm. his reputation, just everything stripped from him, like literally like Job. Wow. So now wow. he's alone, he's homeless, he uh, has no longer has his professional reputation, his job has been stripped from him, his savings, everything has been stripped from him. And he's on he's literally teetering on the edge of existence. Mm. Mm. And he finds uh, purpose. But as I'm listening to this story of him mm. just getting absolutely unjustly mm. um, ridiculed mm. and having everything taken from him, I'm, I can feel my heart beating faster. Wow. Like, man, how could I live in a universe where mm. this doesn't go unpunished? Mm. Where no, where there is no vengeance, where there, where, where what is made, what is crooked is never made straight. Mm. How you would go insane living in a universe like that. Yeah. But praise God that when I go through something unjust, when somebody speaks ill of me, mm. you know, rather than taking their eye out too, mm. I leave it in the hands of God. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And I know that he will make what is crooked straight mm. at the end of it all. And Amen. isn't there peace? Amen. Like even just psychologically knowing that. There is. And isn't that a great way to share hell with people? It's just like, no, no, no. It's not a torture chamber. I think we get that wrong. Like that's that, that, that language of fire and brimstone. This is all like apocalyptic kind of language, yes. like revelations. It's not literal. It's not an actual fireplace where carbon, you know, converts whatever yep. into whatever. It's like, no, no, no. These are apocalyptic metaphors describing you getting, this is the definition of hell in my opinion. And yep. I, I, I wonder what you think about this. This okay. is how I use it when I've done street ministry. Okay. Hell is precisely what you deserve, nothing more and nothing less, according to the perfect judge of the universe. Can you say that one more time? That's actually a really good way to put it, bro. Hell is precisely mm. what you, mm-hmm. not anyone else, you deserve, mm-hmm. Nothing more and nothing less mm. according to the mm-hmm. perfect judge of the universe. Okay. I like that. And in that way, isn't it a celebration mm. that, hey, at the end of it all, mm. everything that was wrong will be made right? Mm. Mm. Isn't that awesome? That is, man. It causes my heart to rejoice. And another thing to that, so in the context of street ministry, I have never heard anybody... Um, uh, reject or object to the notion of hell. I mean, everybody really? that I yeah. I mean, most people that have an objection to hell are people that again are within their four walls, right? Like they're kind of maybe I don't know, maybe from a more comfortable perspective, they're able to critique hell. Sure. But most of the people that I speak to, the demographic that I speak to regularly, 
they have absolutely no problem believing in a doctrine of hell. Wow. Because it's very closely linked to the doctrine of justice. And and I never, here's another thing too, I never talk about that doctrine without a tear in my eye. And this comes back to, okay, when we talk about truth, we always have to talk about it feelingly, not just as an axiomatic truth sure. that is removed from real world living. And so when I talk okay. about hell, this is how I usually talk about it. I begin with, for God so loved the world. Okay? The love and the justice, they're combined. Mercy and truth have met. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Yeah. Okay? The justice of God makes sense because of his love. His love is so fierce. It's so mm. jealous mm. that he actually gave hell to his son. His son experienced hell on your behalf. Mm. And because of that, you don't have to go to hell. So, so hell is a very present reality for people right now that reject the gospel, but heaven can also be a present reality for them mm. if they accept the Lord Jesus Christ and they're born again. Wow. I love that. I, I love that idea that God is completely loving, fully compassionate, like infinitely graceful. Yes. At the same time, perfectly just. Yes. He will punish all wrongdoing. Every lie will be made a truth. Every, every error will be made right. Amen. And at the end of it all, he will punish wrongdoing. But in the middle of existence, we have this point at which these two infinities, the infinite love of God, but the perfect judgment of God, mm. and they touch at the cross where all of our punishment, that's the justice, all of our punishment is put on Christ mm. instead of us, and that's the grace. Yep. And, and this point at which infinite love and infinite justice kiss, as you said, yes, at yep. the cross. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Isn't that so cool? Because so we have good. this instinct, right? When somebody wrongs us, mm. we have one instinct that goes, well, be compassionate towards them and forgive <laughs> them. And this other instinct that goes, no, but they did you wrong and they deserve to pay for it. Mm. And and we have, we all feel this conflict. Like, what should I do? Should I forgive them or should I not? Right. You know? Yeah, but then at the yeah. cross, yeah. all of that is brought to unity. Amen. Those two beautiful, infinite, godly desires, yeah. the desire for justice and the desire for compassion, they're fully met and realized and fulfilled Amen. at the cross. Amen, brother. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. This caused me to worship right now. That's beautiful, bro. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. Do you remember a guy named J-Lo? Uh, <laughs> yeah, from your street ministry, I do. We should share the story. We should definitely. Okay, so he was blindfolded on the side of the street. and uh, Walking with his hands in front of him. He's walking with his hands in front of like him. Like a mummy. He's, he's not sure where he's going. And um, you roll down your window and you ask him, like, hey, J-Lo, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like, just trusting, bro. Just trusting, bro. <laughs> what are you trusting in? <laughs> Closer to the mic, bro. It, like, what are you trusting in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you, you picked him up, and we threw him in the back trunk. And We threw him in the back of the trunk? Oh, sorry, just for all the listeners here, before we incriminate ourselves, we we allowed him into the no, back no, seat. No, he walked we, in. We, he, <laughs> we didn't take a blindfolded <laughs> homeless guy and throw him in our trunk. And we had our other buddy who was like scared of anything or anybody who would like not be caught dead next to a homeless person in the back seat of our car. Yeah, he was kind of anxious about it. 
he's super. He's anxious. kind of anxious about it. Yeah, and he then he's gonna get stabbed. Yeah, he thought he was gonna get stabbed, and then and then Buddy uh, J Lo gets back there and puts his arm around him, <laughs> and we all go to Subway, and uh, and then we start asking about the gospel, and then and then how did that conversation go? I I can't quite remember. Bro, J Lo was lost, man, and um, you know this is to the point of you know why do we go and share the gospel? It isn't until you start going, you start realizing just how lost people are, in terms of like just basic beliefs. So when we talk about like, okay, what happens after death? There are people that have absolutely no idea like what happens after death. And so, okay, to tie this into growth, okay, like what is the first step to growth? It's having that foundational question answered. Mm. What happens after death? Where am I going to go when I die? And when you actually take time to think about that question and you answer that question, for the Christian, it talks about being born again. But then it also continues if you continue reading the New Testament. And Peter, 1 Peter 2, verse 2, says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. And there's this really real uh, correlation between being born again and desiring, having new desires Mm. in our hearts. Mm. And then that's actually the only qualification for growth, is do you desire the word of God now. Like I can clearly distinctly remember there's a point in my life where I did not like reading the Bible. Like it was like a chore and it still kind of is, but I went from like not liking things that are godly to loving them, like to cherishing them, to having wow. these new desires shaped in my own heart and I've proven it in my life. Um, and it's true. It is the truth. So having that first question answered, you'd be surprised how many people don't. Yeah. And it's actually really easy to go and ask people this question. You can do it in so many different ways. Isn't that funny how, like, when David says in the Psalms mm. that he loves the law, mm. and you're like, mm. what are you talking about? Like, when mm. I was 16, I would read that, and I'm like, you love the Bible? Like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. But as I've gone through life, and I go, dude, all of the mistakes that I've made, all of them, without yep. exception, have been times when I knew that God was calling me in a direction, and I turned away. Hmm. And I went my own way and hmm. I followed the evil and selfish and dirty little desires in the dark corners of my heart. I followed those yeah. instead of calling that, instead of following that spirit that calls me higher. Yeah. And I went the wrong way hmm. every time. It doesn't matter whether it's, whether it's sexually, bro, because in our culture right now, it's like everything goes, you can have sex with whoever you want. There are no boundaries. There's no consequence. It's like, no, 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 no. When God says, hey, I think you should commit to someone before you engage sexually with them. Yeah. You should commit your life to them before you do that. Yeah. And we think, wow, what, what an ancient, you know, uh, idea, what a tradition, what, a, what, what, what an old kind of dusty rule. Yeah. You know, can't we update that? I can sleep with whoever I want. Why can't I just love whoever? I, it's like, yeah, but... The more you go through life, the more you're going to think to yourself, yeah, the mistakes that I've made sexually in the past, yeah, yeah, I wish I could take those back mm -hmm. because I wish that I could give myself to somebody. So I'm not talking about myself here, but I, I, I'm talking about people in our culture will get to a point where, they'll go, where, where they will go, um, man, I wish I could go back hmm. and take those things back. Bro, I love that because right now <clears throat> I'm just thinking about a story, a book called Dante's Inferno. 
And the thing that kind of guides him, his like guiding voice, his guiding spirit, is actually the love of a woman called Beatrice. Okay. And, and she's pretty much like in her glorified state. Like she's like in heaven. Okay. And he's, it's uh, a fictional story of him going through all the levels of hell. Okay. But the thing that actually drags him out of the pit is the fact that he knows that he will see her again if he commits himself to this process of lifting up his soul and pursuing like love with this girl. And if you read the entire cantas all of, the, of all the infernos, he finally gets to the end where he sees her. But beyond her, though, there's actually a greater love. And it's the love of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's just this beatific state of like blessedness. And he's like, her love actually helped me out of the pit, but it actually led me to a greater love, which is the love of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just give me chills. Wow. It's so beautiful. And there's another story. Um, it's called the, um, oh, the Great Divorce with C.S. Lewis. Yeah. The way out of hell for the main character was firstly to articulate where he was. <laughs> There's a point in the book where he's talking to a ghost on the on the bus. They've made it to the grass. And he's like, where do you think you just came from? He's like, oh, we were just in this holding pen. Like, there's nothing too bad about that place. He's like, you just came from hell. Okay. And I think that that's actually the first step to, to growth is for somebody who is lost to acknowledge that they're lost. And then they can actually start changing their mind. And then they can actually start getting into the bus, if you want to speak that way, if that works for you, that's fine. Or to put on the Lord Jesus Christ mm. to, to be saved and start making the way to heaven. Mm. Before we wrap this up, bro, uh, we've talked a little bit about spiritual growth. Mm. So, you know, you, you got companies all over the world right now that are growing, but they're growing mm. in different ways. Mm. Right? And it's not necessarily obvious what it means to have a successful growing company. You might run a company, you know, you, you, so you got a degree in business, right? I do. You might run a company into deficit, like man, many of these major companies do. You okay? can. You and can. it continues to grow mm -hmm. in a sense because you're getting more employees, mm -hmm. you're doing more sales, you're, you're, you're earning more revenue, but you yep. have more expenses. So it's growing in a sense, yeah. but the profit is not growing. No. You're running it at a loss. Yeah. Okay. So Christian growth we might look at it and one person says, well, yeah, but in the same way that you could look at a company and say, well, well, this company has a lot of profit. Yeah, but this, this company's selling more cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but this company has more employees. Yeah. You know, or, or this company has a greater social media presence yeah. or, or, or whatever it happens to be, right? So there's a number of different ways to measure the success of a company yes. but beyond just profit, right? And, and it's really easy to cook the books, okay? Like there's sure. case studies of like Enron, early 2000s, what did they do? They started fabricating how much money they were actually making versus how much real gross profit they had. And so they were cheating on all of their investors of their actual true shareholder value. Wow. Because they were just lying not only to themselves, but they were cooking things that weren't actually true on the books. Yeah. And they were going back to the shareholders and saying this is like the true value, but it actually wasn't. Yeah. So, and we've all gone into relationships like that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if we did Where somebody audit, was cooking the books on that first date. Oh, yeah. Making, making themselves look real bright and shiny. Oh, yeah. Real friendly. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get into the you board meeting and you're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> I've been that person, bro. A yep. Big time, big time. Making myself seem more righteous than I actually am. Big time. But, bro, that's where you need like an honest audit of your life. Sure. You need to go to 
an honest inventory yeah. of what you are before God, yeah. when you realize that you've actually been lying to yourself, mm. then that's where you're actually going to begin. You're going to begin growing. So, okay, when we're talking about growth, the first step, I think, is to acknowledge that, is that we're lost and we're in need of somebody to guide us and to to help us along life's journey. Yeah. So my question is, bro, if there's a million different ways to measure the success of a company, yeah, yeah. how do we measure Christian growth? In what direction does it go? Does it mean that I am more holy? Does it mean that I am more righteous? Does it mean that I find more joy in God? Does it mean that I'm more obedient? Does it mean all of these things at once? What is Christian growth? In what direction is that train headed? Bro, there's so many different ways to answer that question because there's so many different indicators or markers of growth in the Christian life. Um, maybe if I could just begin here and then maybe we could do a series on this. Like I actually think that you could do like a whole sermon series yeah, yeah, yeah. on the different indicators of Christian growth and spiritual disciplines. But the first one that I would talk about is humility. Like when you think about this in the perspective of Jesus of Nazareth, of how he lived 30 years by himself, unrecorded in history. And yet we read of him in Matthew's gospel. He grew in favor mm. with men. He grew in stature in favor with God and with men. So there was, there was growth that was happening there in the most omnipotent, omniscient, um, omnipresent being. He actually limited himself for a moment of time in history, and he began growing. How? Humility. Okay, and then I'm reminded of Philippians 2, and it's the most beautiful uh, passages of Scripture. It's Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11, and uh, we read of him humbling himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And this began with his humility. And so, okay, like if we were to just maybe start there, for foundational work in terms of what are some key indicators for Christian growth. Are you a more humble person than you were a year ago? Has your humility developed your character mm. where you realize that any real progress you've made in your Christian life has not been because of your own effort? It's been because of the grace of God and bringing you to where you are right now today mm. and giving you the opportunities that he knew you needed in yeah. those moments to experience true lasting growth, which is character growth, which lasts forever. Sure. So I would say beginning with humility is a really good starting point. Yeah. And I think if we want to layer down, mm. if we want to just a little bit deeper in the pyramid there, mm. I, th I think ultimately it has to do with desire. I, I, I was talking to a youth Amen. group about uh, desires last night and, and idols. So what is an idol? And they said, well, idol is anything that takes your time away from God. I said, well, hold up. Sleep isn't an idol, is it? You know, because I sleep for eight hours a day and I read my Bible for like half an hour, yeah, okay, yeah. or less, yeah. okay? So but does that mean that, you know, because I spend eight hours working and 10 minutes praying that, you know, my work is an idol? It, so it's not about time. Mm. It's mm. not even about effort. Mm. It is about pleasure and desire. Mm. That's what it's about. That's, that's the reason why when you see Matthew 6, it's like, yeah, you got Pharisees praying in the marketplace, but you, if you're going to pray, pray in secret so that only God sees it. Or if you're going to give money, you know, don't tell anybody. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Just give it. Or if you're going to fast, don't tell anybody. Make it between you and God. To show God, I find more pleasure in you than in anything else. Mm. 
because it's not about the appearance. Yeah. yeah. Don't be a hypocrite. You know, don't wear a mask. That that word for um, <laughs> Hippocrates, right? It it means uh, to put a mask on, like just, a just like a, a guy in a play. Mask uh, promo right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Be a Hippocrates. No. Um, <laughs> but idols. Yeah. If you if you imagine your the desires of your heart are stacked up in a pyramid, mm. and there's one at the top, mm. and that desire is to make God's name great, the glory of God, to have Him shine through every word and desire mm. in my life. And then under that, you got video games. And under that, you got the 401k. And under that, you got the yeah. promotion. And under that, yeah. you got the family. And under that, you got the whatever. You got the whole <laughs> list of different <laughs> desires and things that you find pleasure in. But if you were married to somebody hmm. and you found more pleasure in another woman than in your wife, what do you call that? That's cheating. That's adultery. That's yeah, adultery. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you're buying her. It doesn't have, even have to be sexual. If yeah. you're buying that woman flowers yeah. and enjoying you're cheating her, her company yeah. more than you enjoy the, the, the company and the presence of your wife, yeah. it doesn't matter what it is. That is cheating. Mm-hmm. God is jealous. He is. God is a jealous God. And he wants you to find more pleasure in him than in sin than in those things that your flesh tempts you with, mm. than anything else in this world or anybody in this world. Yes. He wants you to find more pleasure in him. And so I would say spiritual growth has to do with knocking everything down by comparison. Mm. You know, you go, sorry, sorry, go for it. No, that's really good, bro. And I was just going to add to that. So desire um, comes as a result of a relationship. Mm. Um, it's not what you know. It's not my head knowledge. Like the Pharisees, they knew the entire Bible frontwards and backwards, but they weren't saved. So what's the difference between somebody who's saved and not saved? It's somebody who knows God. What's interesting is if you read Exodus 20, it's like the biggest chapter on these are things you should do yeah. that will lead to a successful life. Before we get to the Ten Commandments, God starts with, I am the Lord your God who redeemed you out of slavery, out of bondage. And here are some commandments for you now that you know me. Jesus in John 17, he said, this is eternal life. They might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. So the knowledge of the holy is what actually leads to holiness. It's not me trying to keep a set of rules. As fun as that might be to just check off a checkbox at the end of the day, that's not going to lead to lasting character change or growth. Yes, brother. It's the difference between to saber and to conocer. Saber y conocer. Right? You can saber de Dios, but do you conoce a Dios? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Right? Because in like, oh, obviously you know this, but I'm just saying this for the listeners. Uh, and and I'll, we're going to wrap this up in just ten, 10 seconds here. But but if somebody sabes de Dios, yeah. they just know about him. But you don't, you don't conocer a Dios until you have seen him face to face. Amen. Amen. And that's going back to First Peter 2. If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, that's coming back to the conocer aspect of knowing God. It's mm. not just, oh, I know something about God. I'm including bits and pieces of Christianity that mm. I like into my life that make my life more enjoyable. It's like, no, I'm actually going to start now conforming myself to this holy God who's yeah. revealed himself in the Bible, and that's yeah. conocer. It's to know. Intimately. To know face to face. To know. Intimately. Yeah. The biblical knowledge of knowing. Well, brother, intimacy. what a podcast. Lost Boys, sponsored by Yerba Mate. <laughs> <laughs> We'd wear like ponchos and like sombreros it right now. Exactly. If you guys got any questions, send them in to lostboysquestions at gmail.com. Love you guys. 
and we'll see you next time see you next time we could do another one bro that was some long uh, form podcast yeah, we we there's some that. heavy topics Dude, we'll have you back man <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you.